This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. This month, Ensiferum will release their new album, The Lassic, via Metal Blade Records. Ensiferum are a true powerhouse when it comes to folk-inspired melodic death metal, something they hammer home more resoutly than ever with The Lassic. Purchase your copy now at metalblade.com slash Once again, guys, The Lassic, the new album from Ensiferum. Purchase your copy at metalblade.com slash This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Spych, Brandon Hahn, and Sylvia Alvarado. Uh, uh, Excuse me. Petter Spych. <laughs> Whoa. No, keep this. Oh, my Lord. You if okay? you guys were there you okay for how this... <laughs> I wasn't ready. Metal <laughs> Sucks Podcast. Hello, everybody. Yeah, it is go. your host, Better Spite. I am always joined by. It's always. Yeah, uh, I did not call myself. Yeah, I was stretching. Oh, the- it's Brandon Hunt. Oh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at your buddy Gooch if I check it. Oh, God. It's, it sounds, it's too intense. Or am I taking, am I stretching or shitting? I, I don't know what you were doing, but let's see what Sylvia's I was trying doing. to go for the stretch, but it sounded. God, I'm Sylvia. <laughs> see, she's lifting weights. <laughs> the, the, the worst <laughs> intro S3 has ever done on a show. Yes. <laughs> anyway, is... follow me on Instagram and Twitter at It's Sylvia. <laughs> Make sure you follow our other co-host, Jocelyn Sharp, guys. J-O-Z-A-E-L-Y-N Sharp on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to follow me on Facebook and Twitter, I am at Rise to Offend. Rise to Offend Official on the good old Instagram. 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 Sorry, Brandon's the one that does it. I don't I don't ever look at it, but I still sell it like it's mine. <laughs> so. oh, I try not to. I hate it so much. I hate that social media so, so, I know. so very it's, much. It's rough trying to get you to do a selfie. Yeah, I do. Uh, I really hate it. When we do like events for the radio station, I I'm say, not- hey, can, can you maybe take a selfie uh, at the event? I'm going to tell you something, Sylvia. <laughs> I don't. I don't have the look you have. Okay, you taking a selfie makes sense. Me taking a selfie looks like, dude, well, what is this guy great. trying? Thank you, Sylvia. You See, great. what about you think about that, Pete? I think you look great. I, Thanks, didn't, man. I, I was going to agree with Thanks, you. Thanks, man. No. So I should just... You're in, just fishing for compliments. So I should just like indulge and like and just try and get everybody to give me a compliment. Hey, you know, tell me about this side. What's better? This side, this side. Who wore it better? You know, mm, do some shit like that. No, you do an Instagram story and then you have people vote. And oh you pretend my. to be humble, yeah. stupid. God, you have to like, so... kind of like self-deprecate. Deprecate? Yeah, self-deprecating. So, you so got to be a little like, bit like, it's kind of like, is. I woke up and I just, uh, and I, man, I'm not really, I, really, I'm not really feel, oh, but you were so pretty. You're so handsome. And You're so you, creative. And then you keep going. You keep going. I'm like, no, I just, I'm not. Yeah, you no. smile and be like, I know my pearly whites are perfect, but I didn't brush my teeth and my mouth tastes like shit. Yeah, That's there what you go. Do. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. But I'm looking into the camera. See, Sylvia's got a good, like, look into the camera gaze where it's kind of like, hey, what's up? You might you might have a shot, but Come hither. You might have a shot, <laughs> I've been told I have fuck me eyes. Okay, that's probably how I would have said it uh, if I didn't know you. But yeah, you know. I but don't even I, know. What, I'm looking into fuck the me camera. Eyes, fuck me eyes means you know what? You have a good. You have like a look into the camera that induces 
feelings, and I guess. someone else who said that it looks like I was, uh, like, my, my gaze, like, pierced their soul or something. Oh, See, wow. now that's somebody wow. that wants to wear your skin. I Don't I get so. away from that person. Got it. Okay. So Stay guys, away from that person. Guys, this horrible <laughs> intro into our program, which artist did we do this to? Let me tell you who it is. Johannes Eckerstrom from Avatar is my guest yes. this week. And I apologize yes. ahead of time to all his fans that this is a first listen to our show because that was shitty. <laughs> but we it saved good. it. I thought yeah. we it was pretty I, good. I thought we came right around. You guys go check out Sylvia's fuck me eyes and we'll be fine. Whoa, take it easy. <laughs> take it easy. Now I had fuck me eyes. Yeah. And you gals go check out Brandon's teeth and we'll be good. good for real, yeah. dude. Invisalign hose. That's true. Yep. Mm-hmm. Invisalign all day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Straight as an arrow. But you didn't brush your teeth? I did And her eyes didn't fuck nothing. Brush nope. my teeth? I have, a, I have an Oral-B. <laughs> Dude, are you kidding me? I'm crushing it up there, bro. Fuck you, plaque. We are here to promote <laughs> Johannes's new record with Avatar, Hunter Gatherer. It's coming out August 7th. I love the fucking record. Make sure you guys are checking out the videos that are out right now. And I also want to promote his podcast. He's in the realm with us as well with his wife, Pacquiao Orasi, and that is Metal Break, guys. So make sure after you listen to this episode, go check out Metal Break. I just heard a great episode with the dude from Arion. And a couple weeks back, they talked to Hanzi. Make sure you check out Metal Break. Great podcast. But before we talk to Johannes, mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about the Metal Sucks news. Give me the fucking news. Who are we talking about? Give me the fucking news. Did someone die? Give me the fucking news. How dick? Give me the fucking news, you stupid bitch. <laughs> that was you. That, that is me for sure. Now, <laughs> you stupid bitch. Mm. <laughs> I'm giving the fuck you eyes. <laughs> Six feet away across the way from That's me. That's right. Mm-hmm. Very socially distanced. Mm-hmm. Damn right we are. So, um, Sebastian Bach from Skid Row. I have always been a fan because I like. He's one of the best singers ever. Yeah, I, I like he really him. is. Okay, but. He seems in the media to be kind of a douche. All right. So let's just go with that. Sebastian Bach from Skid Row. Never interviewed him. I never did. Neither one of you guys have either, right? So we don't have any any Sebastian Bach time I, uh, in I, our resumes. I just remembered this from Sebastian Bach. You ready? Get back. Get back. It's the best line of any other songs. Okay. Go. That from Monkey that, Business. Oh, okay. from, I know exactly right. what it's from, from but that business. was just unnecessary. Get back. But anyway, so he is feuding with Chris Jericho. All right. Now, we've interviewed Chris Jericho. We He's like the nicest guy ever. I'm a big fan of Chris Super Jericho. Super cool, right? Funny as hell. <laughs> funny as hell on I'm the microphone. I'm jealous of both of you guys that have yeah, met she, him in interview. I've never. She almost met Chris Jericho. He's the sweetest yeah. guy. He's such a nice guy. Brandon recently just mentioned before the show that there's a club out here called Vamp. You did see him do a sound check. And he said, yeah, and he did and it. And he sounded completely he fine. He sounded fine. Yeah, it sounded just like you did I on the radio. I have seen Fozzie live, and he sounded... I could not tell that he was miming or doing anything. He was singing, mm-hmm. uh, and like any singer's voice, on occasion you can hear parts that there was an echo to it or whatever. But on no occasion did I feel at one, any point that he was lip singing. So Sebastian Bach called him out, saying that all he does is mime his songs. Now Chris Jericho obviously took the bait. Took the bait. Right? Said no, that's not Chris true. Chris Jericho wrote back. He said, "Get back." <laughs> I wish he did. <laughs> mm. It all started from uh, some guy saying that Sebastian Bach looks like Chris Jericho. I don't know if Sebastian Bach took that as an insult. I definitely wouldn't. 
Um, I mean, Chris Jericho looks great. He's a great guy. He's 50 years he's old. 50 years he looks old. fantastic. Yeah. So, and freaking muscles and shit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, if I'm going to look, here's the deal. Sebastian muscles Bach is only, shit. Yeah. Sebastian <laughs> Bach is like five years older than Chris Jericho. But 52 he also, and 50. So, okay, they're so the, two years older. Yeah, not that much yeah, older. And he also, and he looks like Jericho's uncle. Like, it's like he, yeah. Jericho's in great shape. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, for some reason, Sebastian Bach said every video on YouTube of Chris Jericho singing, okay? That's is, what you're is, going is off It's him miming. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. That's what he's going off of. Yeah. Like a music video? Like a, No, not music video. Like a live performance oh, video. Now, okay. Like a bootleg video yeah. from YouTube. Now, I didn't go down the rabbit hole, but, you know, this got me curious earlier, early in the week. So, I looked at like three videos. And to me, it, the cell phone videos of Fozzie, it didn't look like he was miming at all. So, I don't know. Anyway, so Sebastian Bach keeps going, saying that he's a lip singer. Jericho's like, fine, let's have a sing-off. That's it. to me. I'm like, oh, oh damn it, don't, Jericho. Because do I'm going to tell you, damn this, it, as, you took the bait. As much yeah, as I like, want, <laughs> as much as I want Jericho to win that fight, no. dude. Again, Sebastian Bach is like he's very. A he's as far as like hard rock metal singers, he's like top. 15. I've yeah. seen he's Sebastian great. Bach live, so have you, right? And, he's great. and people and have said he's he's lost it in the last few years. But when he was at his peak, no, I've seen him at like God, I don't know, maybe three years ago, and he was fucking but sounded it's like great. Plant, man. He can't. Be, he's not able to. He's, make he's those, probably not the same yeah, yeah. Like make those high notes right he's 25 but he's still still a very 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 powerful voice now when you saw guns and roses their first reunion sebastian bach came out and he sang a song with axel sounded amazing you know did you see that or was the, uh, that was that might have been the night before the night you didn't go to okay yeah. anyway so ignore that part but the point is is that that's the last time i feel like we saw sebastian <laughs> bach and, and he can still do it and he's the bad guy here so i don't want to be like okay fine sebastian bach you're great i'm giving him mm-hmm. credit so that's what that's what happens. Sebastian Bach keeps going, right? With it, Jericho keeps going, and then so Jericho finally he took the bait. He's all in. He, now his actions got to match his words. All right, I'll prove it to you. So Jericho took a video by himself, like a Skype type video, uh-huh. and he sings a Skid Row tune. All right, sounded fine. Who cares? Was clearly singing, no doubt about it. Sebastian Bach came at him like hard. Oh, you sounded horrible. You're crap. And now I have to read the text messages that Sebastian Bach put out because this is a 52-year-old man, dude. Yeah. And we just gave him credit. The guy can sing his ass off, okay? But when people are wondering why Skid Row isn't reuniting and yelling at the other guys in Skid Row... For not wanting to do it. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, no shit, look at this fucking 52-year-old psycho. Let me put out the text messages. Let me read this out loud that Sebastian Bach posted on his Instagram... Uh, Instagram, sorry. And let me just read this out because Jericho does not respond in the text messages or for all we know, Sebastian Bach, you know, deleted what he said, but it looks like he did not. I'm pretty sure I would not take this bait. So here's what he says. And I'm going to do it in my best Sebastian Bach. No, I'm not. Okay, ready? Get back. Get back. He says, hey, man, do you ever suck? Nice video online. What a complete joke. No response. You are one complete talentless fuck. Get your own shit and quit copying mine badly. No response. Your singing sucks. You should stop singing for the benefit of all mankind. No response. Is this still your number, pussy? Question mark. <laughs> oh my god! No, no. And he's going Jericho, a pussy. Yeah, I love it. 
Dude, Jericho would snap Sebastian Bach in half, dude. So it's basically just a, a solo battle that he's had. Oh dude, with himself. Yeah. Yeah. With himself. Oh, God, his wife has to have to deal with this all the time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dude. Is this still your number, pussy? Question mark. I accept your challenge to a singing match if you accept my challenge to a whooping your fucking ass match. Thumbs up emoji. Oh, <laughs> fuck you with that. No response. Oh. He keeps going. He keeps, dude, he keeps going. Crazy ex-girlfriend Bach keeps going, right? That's a good, yes, yes exactly. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is insane. This is bunny in a pot type of shit. Mm-hmm. This is, this is 12 bubbles with no response, oh. okay? And then he questioned if he even had the right number. <laughs> so this is it's crazy. Perfect. So it's like, if you're thinking, maybe I'm texting a rando right now. Maybe I should stop doing this. Not Sebastian Bach. And he put this out there, by the way. Not Jericho. Sebastian Bach took the screenshot and put it out there. Wow. Next one. No response from Jericho. Mm -hmm. Believe me, it won't be much of a match unless you bring like a phone book to stand on or something. You fucking pussy. Peace sign emoji. I don't even know how that emoji fits. So, So Jericho sent the peace sign emoji. No, no, no. It's all Sebastian Bach. This is all Sebastian Bach. Okay, so yeah, no, response no response. No response. So the thumbs up and everything yes. was, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah no, that, that was him. So that peace sign was Sebastian Bach. I'll accept your... So that's, I, like, I, that's his version of a period. I like how Sebastian Bach's like, accept my kicking your fucking ass. Like, dude, you... I'm Sebastian Bach, I, I'm speaking to you from He's a like 6'7", and Jericho's... I, I've seen him. He's like six foot, six one. He's a tall he's guy. He's tall. But he's also a very large guy, and he knows how to fight. Dude, clearly. No, no I wouldn't. No, not clearly. He's a wrestler. He's a wrestler. That's a difference. Yes. But uh, I can guarantee okay, you. Okay, you're right. He, Jer- Chris Jericho, a man that size, and I'm talking that wide, mm-hmm. would take six, seven. It, it's like. He it, does it, it all the time anyway. If it's if you're 52 years old and you're threatening physically vi- physical violence on somebody because of a Twitter fight you started, you're a fucking moron. Yeah, there's some and problems. you keep and you keep going. Where did I leave off? There's a, there's a bunch more bubbles. How much? It's a piece. Dude, so meth, after that. meth gone wild. <laughs> so something you fucking pussy. Oh, I got it. Yeah, got it. stuck in there. <laughs> I love I love the fact that she's late on the, on the jokes as as much as I am. So we're both late. So there's always gonna be a delay. You laugh. All the meth gone wild. <laughs> Ow. No response from Chris Jericho. Oh Next, God. you are such a joke. I can't wait to kick the shit out of you just for fun. No response from Jericho. Fantastic. Wrong? No. Next one. Is this your number, pussy? <laughs> I would, you know what? If I were Jericho, I, like, I'm sorry. Who, who is this? Who is this, who is this still your number, pussy? He said it again? No, no, no. Oh, that's oh, what he said oh, earlier. Oh, no, no, no. Oh. Next. Now, we left out of a, he's going to kick the shit out of him just for fun. Uh. No response from Jericho. And then he's going to end with this, guys. Hey, shrimp. Why don't you text me back, you fucking asshole? No response. And then the last bubble that he gives Jericho, pussy. (laughs) (laughs) First off, hey, shrimp. When's the last time somebody called someone else a shrimp before there was a fight going on? When somebody at six foot a shrimp? Well, exactly. I'm just saying. I know. I know. I know. Bach is taller than all. We're taller than all. But I'm not going to call some guy six foot. You know, a shrimp. A shrimp. You call someone who's like five eight, yeah. five six. You know, or, well, oh, I, I probably wouldn't go that far. I'd go with five. I'd go with Danzig size. I'd be like, I guess a shrimp. Well, look, dude. You know, and then in I think it's like that, five two, five three. Like, uh, <laughs> what was it? Who? And this and this is this is a time where I want to agree with him, but he sounded dumb again. Like earlier this week, he said that if you if you vote for rock and roll, if you vote for Trump, you're voting against rock and roll. What the fuck does that mean? 
Like, that's, again... It means Ted Nugent doesn't know what rock and roll that's is. That's what I'm saying. Yes, <laughs> dude. It's like, dude, like, what are you talking about, man? Look, and again, oh. I, 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 you, we all know how I feel about the president. And it's like, I want to agree with Sebastian yeah. Buck. I want to be like, yeah, but that was another stupid, idiotic statement. Meth gone wild. It's happening. <laughs> So anyways, I guess the the main thing here is that what what is the end result? He wants to get in a fist fight with Chris Jericho. He wants to sing off. Like, I don't think this is staged. It, it kind of sounds staged. It sounds like, again, a guy who's high on drugs I don't or think booze. <laughs> and he's just pissed off and he's just trying to start a fight. Just, maybe he's just pissed off overall. It's just, well, look, he doesn't. Again, the guy has always displayed that he's not the most he's always been kind yeah exactly sebastian bach has always come across as a little unhinged and there has been many stories about him losing his shit and punching people and fucking being violent and all this other stuff it's like it's out there because he just wants because it probably got some hits on youtube or well obviously we're talking about we're talking about it so i mean he's he's getting if you want to pick a fight with anybody it's going to get press and people are going to talk about it i mean unfortunately but um it just doesn't like i said there's always a like like, okay, what does he want from here? You right. Know? Um, and that's what I don't get. Like, people aren't going to tune into a sing-off. Maybe they will from Skype against each other. I could see something stupid like that getting listeners. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, again, it's like I think people are going to tune in for about three seconds and then go, this is so dumb. I'm out of here. I mean, and I'm not going to say, like, when we were talking sports a minute ago, you brought we were talking about how Tyson versus Roy Jones is, is going to be a fight that Roy Jones was a, heavy, was a light heavyweight bo- boxer who was a middleweight boxer in the 90s. He won the heavyweight title against John Ruiz, so he was a heavyweight champion. Yes, he champion. was a heavyweight champion. Um, but he and, went up and fight many times, and now he's like 52 years old. And, 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 he, and, him, and him versus Mike Tyson, and I had a conversation with a friend. I'm like, hey, if Tyson Fury, current uh, lineal heavyweight champion, goes on against uh, Anthony Joshua, what would sell more in America? The Jones versus Tyson fight or the relevant one? And he was like, hands down, the Jones versus Tyson fight. So that's kind of the culture we're in, yeah. right? If you can make fun of it and hate on it, people are there. So this might, in some way, be beneficial for Sebastian Bach, God, but it's I not for not. Jericho. It's not for Jericho. It's not no, for he Jericho. He doesn't need it. Dude, no. Let me, let me tell you what. This guy was in Fozzie for a long fucking time before he got any kind of respect yeah. or any type of radio play, anything, dude. It's, oh, yeah. He was in there for a long time. The guy put in his dues get off his fucking back. And on top of that, Sebastian Bach, like you're trying to tell me that Chris Jericho's the worst. That's the one. No, dude, he's, he's, he's popular for a multitude of reasons mm-hmm. because he's got multiple skills outside of just being a singer, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, and you're hating on him for that. Get off your high horse, bro. Yeah. You had a couple of hits in the, in the night, in the late eighties, early nineties, just drift away, bro. Just keep, just keep putting out content. Keep keeping your fans happy. But again, when's the last time you put out a record that did anything? I mean, he did a couple solo records, but like I said, I don't think they, I don't think they. Are you talking about in comparison to like Skid Row? I'm talking about comparison to the Fozzie now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. So we'll see how this plays out. I'm sure we'll have to talk about it again, unless uh, it just goes away. Which I'm hoping it does. <laughs> so, well, no, good. I kind of want him to send more texts. You want yeah. more t- I want more I want screenshot more text. texts more on his yeah. Instagram. More texts, yeah. more emojis. Look, man, this again, th- when when I see this shit happen in metal, I'm like, it's so fucking dumb, dude. Oh, of course and it's it like is. when I see it happen in any genre of music, period, yeah. it's so fucking dumb. Focus on yourself 
and then have at it. But again, because of social media, we have too much access to each other. Mm-hmm. Somebody does something you don't like, and well, I'm full of, I'm self-righteous at 52. And it's like, and he just goes off there yeah. and just unleashes a complete tirade that made him look unhinged and psychotic. Don't- He's talking about Donald Trump. He's talking about Donald Trump. He doesn't like Donald Trump, but you're going to go ahead and act just like he does, you fucking lunatic? Ain't yeah. that the story? Yeah. <laughs> Ain't that the story? Mm-hmm. It's like everybody that hates that dude seems to act the same way. I'm yeah. Like, Different approach. Please. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> because again, dude. Different approach. <laughs> you, I, there are people out there that cannot vibe with people that are of the same personality. Yeah. And it looks like when you are that self-righteous and that driven to be talked about and to get attention... You're gonna, you're, you're always gonna clash, and that's why Sebastian Box like, oh, oh fuck Trump. Oh, oh, oh. Well, you sound just like him. Mm-hmm. You sound, you do just like him. Yep. Last story to touch on real quick, guys. Before my interview with Johannes is in flames, is re-releasing the 20th anniversary. Okay, of Clayman. Clayman, fantastic record. One, one of my favorite records back in the day of all time. I played the shit out of this record. I love Clayman, right? Like most fans of In Flames. This was kind of the record that you're like, dude, you're passing it to your friends. That actually happened in my circle of friends where we all pass Clayman around each other. And we're like, wow, like this is different. This is new. They were releasing a 20th anniversary. Awesome. But then they decided to re-record kind of the, the signature songs on there, like four or five of them, like Clayman, Bullet Ride, Pinball Map, all those. And they're going to have them on as extra tracks on this record. However, the re-recording of these classic songs, real poor job. Why? Why would a band do this? I think... Is it a royalty thing where now they can release that song or play it in a commercial and the old guys don't get money? Like the thought process behind putting the effort to poorly re-record classic songs and on a record that you're remastering, I'm thinking anyway, for the 20th anniversary. Well, you just said it. They did it for money. No, I mean, that's like, that's a guess. Anyway. Nobody said that. But oh, okay. Unless they have like a, a different interpretation of the song. It, it, and it, they kind of want to use like different styles of like maybe the vocalist. It is a different interpretation of the song. Probably how you would hear it live in modern times with the new production that they have on their last few records, which makes it much more rock than metal. So that is true. There is an auto-tune vibe to the vocalists and Enders. Ah. We've seen. But like this reimagining is in essence hurting the original yeah, see, fire. I, I've heard when bands do this and it sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, but they they got to do it with like there's only one band I could think of doing it where they where they re-recorded old songs and they sounded fucking fantastic mm-hmm. and that was when Anthrax did it with John Bush singing all the Belladonna songs. I'm going to I'm going to disagree with you. You didn't uh, like that album? No, no, I like that album, but I don't think that they were better than the original tunes. I'm not going to say better than the original I tunes. I just prefer John Bush as a vocalist. I, but I'm just saying, I'm not going to say better than the original tunes, but what I'm saying that is... Was is a, like, that was an album that was not needed. I'm, you might be right about that, but what, I'm, but what I'm getting... But the thing is, though, is you know what, though? Bush was with the band long enough, and it's like, why not get the fans ready for what it sounds like with Bush singing these legendary tracks? Look, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that the album was needed. I know it was okay. a cash grab. I know it was a cash grab, but it at least sounded different. And it sounded good. Like they did a good job. Mm-hmm. And they also took the sound that they grew with and yeah. implemented it into these older tracks. So it sounded a lot harder and not not sure. as like thrash. Well, but it, it, it sounded different. That's what I'm saying. But in if you're Flames getting, did that. There's a way to do it right. But, but what I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. There's a way to do it you right. In Flames did it. And, and I think keep in mind though, it's been way more technology that has come out since then. And sometimes I do think some of these legendary artists, they rely a little too much on the technology mm-hmm. and they lose the magic that made 
like recording a song mm-hmm. live with your actual instrument, mm-hmm. you know, they, you you lose that. Modern recording also does really sound much poorer than the technology that they use to re- record the original. You know, especially if you're a fan that's listened to that record for a long time, it's going to sound way too polished, way too clean. Like I said, it sounds more like a rock song than a metal song. It's like a different genre almost. And I think anybody, you know, that uses modern technology to write and record music, I don't think that they're going to look back at the analog days and say that that sounds worse than what we're dealing with now. The reason why we love metal is the fact that I love metal because it's not polished. Yeah. I love metal because there can be some shit that goes wrong. If you Metallica know? re-recorded And Justice for All and added bass tracks and made it sound polished, people would be like, why would you do this? We would be like, look, we we, we know this. We've grown to love this. This whatever mistake, uh, you guys took out Jason Newstead's bass, whatever. But to re-record it at this point, it, it's it's revisionist history, which... I think a lot of people have to realize, don't do that. Don't do it. Hey, if you guys out there don't have Clayman, buy this new version. You know, the record's phenomenal. It's an important record to the melodic death metal. Very important. Mm -hmm. Great, great record. You get the, you get the original album on there, you know? Um, But I just, I would just tell bands not to, Mm, not to even try. Is it to don't buy the old one? So you're not disappointed when you're listening to the new one? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say as long as they ha- they do have the album on the, the, the old album on the yeah. new album, you know, so it's like just, you know, buy the support the 20th anniversary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. band. know you love them. And, and, and it's good. I'm just thinking that, hey, I know what they were trying to do. I just think that there wasn't that voice that was above the ego to say, guys, leave this the fuck Well, alone. just like you said. So man. the ego took over and said, you know, what? we're going to make it our own now and people are going to like it more with just us instead of the other three guys that wrote these songs with us. You know? Well, so. why not just put out the live version that you've been doing? Like, I don't understand. Yeah. If you're going to write, so, yeah. if you're going to do like a 20th anniversary, this is all I want. Bro, if, if you're going to do a did, 20th anniversary yeah. of a record, put out five, four or five live tracks if you want to do it and then maybe a couple of brand new songs mm-hmm. that that didn't get past the cutting like room the floor. Like the B-sides or whatever. Nobody would complain if there was, these were live tracks. Right. Guaranteed. Right. I, as a fan, would be like, cool, because you, you got it. It's the vibe. It's the live atmosphere. It's all great. Yeah, and that's it's metal. because they're studio. And that's metal. Re-envisionings of these classic songs. Yes. With half the guys. And that's another thing that, I mean, listen, I'm, I support In Flames. I like In Flames' last you know, records for a while. You know, I've, I've liked them all the way through um, after what's the record of people re-roots remain on. I, I'm, I'm still a fan. There's a couple of those albums that I, I don't think were really that great. However, you know, I've bought them all and I'll keep supporting them because I do love that band. Um, but, you know... I don't like this, this, this kind of thing. So let's just, guys, I, I don't step forward. Yeah. Step forward. Stop relying on nostalgia, dude. Well, no just step forward. Do, I, I, I'm not even going to say that. I'm going to say, don't re- revise your history. Don't revise your history. That history with those guys and that band and those members, don't don't re-record those songs. You know, it's just not the way I see it. That's the same thing with Anthrax. I felt that they were revising their history. They were revising the history, but again, that. but the only thing is though, is there was at least a reason to listen to those songs because a new I, singer, I, a new singer. There was a, and a, a singer but who, by the way, songs, is my my all time favorite metal vocalist. Yeah, yeah. Like, but those songs weren't his. I know they weren't, but I'm, I'm just saying, saying like, yeah. did it, was I interested though? Yes, that mm-hmm. at least piques my interest. I if it's this, if it's not that, then I. I don't understand what you're trying to do. Look, guys, get back. <laughs> I like how you get back. back. All right. You had enough back. of us. We know. 360. Let's jump into my interview right now, guys, with Johannes from Avatar. 
I am actually, I'm drinking some lemon probiotic drink. Have you ever drank these probiotic drinks before? Do you know what this is? Yes, I, I think I tried something like that. Yeah. Ooh, is this bad? Is, what's this supposed to be good for? Do you know? Are, are you are you a probiotics? Are, yeah. yeah, I'm a healthy. Uh, oh, tell tell uh, me about the probiotics because it's it's tasty. I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I know much about that, but probi- I think it's uh, uh, about your gut flora, I guess. Oh. And uh, you know, I'm I'm a vegan myself, and I'm very whole plant ish, not completely, but quite a bit, and. Uh, and you know what? What we eat feeds to different microbes in our gut that help digest the food. A lot of things living down there that is of our own body, and you can starve bad ones and nourish good ones depending on what we what we put in us. Lemon probiotics should be a good thing then to feed certain uh, bacteria in your guts. Nice, dude. So, and when you started, we just brought up that you were. How long have you been a vegan? Uh, for about six years now. Mm. And what was the hardest thing for you to transition um, from? And I'm assuming you were just, were you just doing like a vegetarian that ate fish? Exactly. It was that kind of thing? Yeah. And no, went- like, I first turned when I was 16. And for a while there, I had this idea that it was specifically the industrial side of it that I was against. So then I wasn't really vegetarian in the very beginning, but I would eat wild uh, game and uh, fish if I could confirm in one way or another that it weren't that they were actually from the ocean then I learned more that was very naive of me and I realized that was a terrible idea as well and probably the worst thing because of how we are fishing uh, and also the suffering it causes and all that but uh, no it's been a journey I think but turn when it was time to be vegan uh, it was really easy like the the short and sweet version of how it happened is that it was kind of something me and my wife and we had discussed. She been a bit, was a vegetarian since she was eight years old. And it was one of those, well, we haven't bought eggs this week. <laughs> you know, and hey, let's stick to this. When you're touring, yeah. though, um, is have you ever gotten a spot in the world where you could not confirm what you were eating and you were in a bad situation? Because you do tour across the entire, the entire globe. Yeah, well, mostly in in the West, meaning the part of the planet that think it's the whole planet, uh, Europe and uh, North America. Mm. Uh, but uh, so, and there, uh, there have been some disappointments in restaurants. And uh, I, I wasn't there for this one, but uh, my when we were still just vegetarian, because now all the, everyone in the band is vegan now. Uh, when we were just vegetarians, they ordered mac and cheese and made sure it's without meat and stuff. And yeah, it was. But then it turned out, no, no we just sprinkled some bacon on top as seasoning. Mm. Uh, <laughs> that upset my drummer quite a bit. Um, no, but uh, we do a lot of cooking ourselves and, uh, and in the States. Mm. And uh, on top of that, there are apps, one called Happy Cow, very community-driven, where people put in what's vegan and what's around and review it and stuff. So, so it has gotten so easy in this, in this day and age where we are, it's, it's not hard. And, uh, and in Europe you put, you don't have to be a big band before catering starts being a thing. And then you just, whatever you put, whatever you want to eat and don't want to eat on the rider. And usually that works out really well. 
Nice, nice. And like everything with the being a band, touring, traveling, trial and error, and then you find the the perfect happy ground. And obviously, you guys, right. I would think, know exactly how to do it. Um, I I do apologize. We're about four minutes in, but I didn't even introduce you. Everybody, I got Johannes here from Avatar, and we are here <coughs> to talk about their new record, Hunter Gatherer. It's coming out this August 7th, guys. Great record. I have a fantastic time listening to it all week. I got to tell you, man, I'm, I'm always with you guys. As crazy as it is, I, I want to see the videos um, around the same time because visually you guys are such an important band. So I did want to touch base on the two videos that were released. But before I did that, I did want to talk about the fact that you guys only use one director for the last four or five years on everything mm-hmm. you do, whether it be music videos, the I think Avatar. it's even longer. I think it's seven or eight years now. Oh, is, it is even longer. Okay. I think so. Yeah, I think. It, it, I, yeah, it must be eight. It might maybe even nine years. I think we did the first thing with him in 2011. Okay. And his name, just so I, I want to pronounce it correctly, is it's Johan Carlin. That's very good. Here's the thing. It's funny. It's uh, You Americans are the ones when I get interviewed by Americans are the ones who ask the most for pronunciations. I think when it's I'm a Swede, and if a French person is interviewing me, you know, we meet halfway. We know it's our second language, and therefore accents are to be expected. And so it's 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 okay to to pronounce it slightly, what's the word, anglified, if you're if English is your first language. <laughs> Thank you so much for saying that, because I stress out more about that than anything on the show. <laughs> so. Yeah, but, but no one, like, again, like, no... When we talk to each other, us Europeans, and use use English, we all, you know, it's uh, all part of being multilingual, I guess, like that we have, yeah, you know, a Swede, Swede's kind of Swede. I know my S's are, are always a bitch to deal with on recordings and and I have a I have a weird background. Like I'm from Montenegro, so I was raised oh, okay. in, in America. So my name is Peter Peter Spich, but Peter Spajic is my name in America. And so through the years, I would just be like I would say my name Americanized, right? And then mm-hmm. when my people from you know the country come over, they're like, "Dude, what? Did you just make that up?" Like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, "Well, like I guess I don't know." That's what people called me, so I just kind of changed the pronunciation of my name, which I thought was mm. kind of weird. Have, has that ever happened from for you guys? Because we do just take over um, our language with your guys' names. Do you just hear people just completely change them when they move to like say the states or something? I mean, historically, John is means comes from Johannes mm. in you know in uh, non-English Bibles. You know, it uh, says you, you know Johannes or uh, Giovanni, I guess if it's Italian. Uh, but that's the Latin root of the name. So there, your John three sixteen or whatever it is uh, is a change. And then and then it's weird when they do it because. Yeah, in Sweden you have your Jonas, Jon, Johannes, Jonathan, uh, Johan, and uh, I sometimes run into Americans who would pronounce me my name, hey Johan, but no, that's my director, you know. Yes, absolutely, and that's who we were talking about, by the way. So, we'll, oh yeah, that we'll, is. What, we'll come right true. back. I just realized we segued over to names because I tried it. So, so Johan Carlin <laughs> is the director. You've yes. been dealing with him, like you said, eight nine years. My research, I went back. I, it looked like twenty fifteen to me, but that's even better. Tell us how how important that is because the visual aspect of your band is so fun, so lively. Um, 
easy to get into, you know, for sure. Mm-hmm. Tell us how important his addition um, to being the one visual guy for your band as far as directing goes is. He grew with us. He came into the picture for still photography, for, for band photography, uh, when we did Black Walls. And before we, we didn't know it was called Black Walls yet. When we knew we wanted to do, we had reached a point where, wow, the music really came together this time. This is something, and we need to figure out what this looks like. So, and that led to a lot of experiments uh, in terms of just trying to figure out what, yeah, what the music looks like, meaning how we should actually look. And that process led to the Black Walls music video, and he was simply around for that, you know? And so we have grown doing this alongside each other, and uh, it becomes very valuable over the years more than anything. Like, yeah, he has the know-how, and he had the know-how back then and has even more now. You know, he knows his lights and lenses, and have to frame a shot and he has grown as a, in terms of storyboarding and post-production and everything he's growing constantly with that and uh, but most importantly is you develop like you do with someone you write songs with you're in a band with you develop a certain language together when and you reach a point when during brainstorm you can really shoot down someone's idea without any feelings being hurt because you are so on the same page that you're working towards the same goal that most of the time you can be pretty harsh if needed without it being personal. You know, when you reach that level with someone, you reach some, you achieve something that is very, very, very valuable. And that is what we have with you one. And we are able to, you know, talk references, talk certain scenes and from twin peaks or star Wars or everything in between. And, uh, and and that makes for that we can really push the artistic ambition with the music videos as far as our budget allows us to push it, you know? Yeah. And I think what you said is so vital to the creative arts is that well, I, mm. I see is when two people have that relationship where they can say the meanest things if need be, or find a middle ground, it's like they share a mind. I think of like guys like Trey Parker and Matt Stone, the guys that do South Park. And I'm yeah. like, how do they come up with like you know every what are they on 24 23 there are a lot of seasons but they always come up mm. with like I'm, i can't wait till the next season with what we're dealing with right now because they're gonna they're gonna enlighten me in some way i'm just you know yeah, yeah super yeah. No, i'm a about huge them. super fan oh man like i think as a writer i think trey parker has inspired me as much as uh as, you know leonard cohen or whoever you know in music and just their their way of reasoning around what making the series means to them uh, it has became a huge influence on me very early on like where I would just uh, look all over the internet for any insight or interviews or when they're part of panels and long form talks whatever they do like I'm bummed out that they are now so self-sufficient that they don't really go around and promote it the way they used to mm-hmm. so it's hard and hard to come by stuff with them but yeah no no I've learned a lot about writing from being a south park fan and it's it's crazy the journey i actually i have another podcast called uh rise to offend it's a documentary podcast and what it is is that Mm -hmm. we take interviews and all that stuff from every era and clips from shows and then we discuss 
the documentary on the on Trey, and we did one on Trey and Matt. It's three episodes, like six hours long. Um, and it was it was amazing the journey of like you saw the trial and error from Cannibal the Musical yeah. till Orgasmo of them just trying to you know please the god of cool if i may and then they were like no we're smarter than this at a certain point of being like yeah. we can tell these jokes and like let's say season three but i think the movie the south park movie on that point on they got the confidence yeah. of being like extremely intelligent that's really early on in their career if you think about yes. it yes um yeah it absolutely is. but isn't that cr- I, I think that it's so vital to see that every artist has that journey of like i guess adolescence and cool to intelligence you know um yeah and and what i respect so much with them is that they they did they did they didn't stick to a pure formula of what south park once was and therefore has to be forever as they grow and change the intention with what the show is grows and changes when there is a core of it needs to be funny you know and uh, it's and there i can totally relate with us doing yeah it needs to be metal like the first thing we knew about hunter gatherer was uh, as soon as we finished recording uh, avatar country there was already the aesthetic attention of like next one's gonna be really heavy right yep you know we, we knew that much mm. and then all the other stuff grew from there uh all, all the you know the nitty-gritty of it and and the the details of what it actually what that album ended up meaning but there's a core of wanting to do kick-ass metal and but then what what we use that to for to express and what stories to tell or how that reflects who we are as people that we allow it to grow and change and to whatever it needs to be to to remain honest and real for us so because an av- the av- avatar of when we were 19 year old obviously can't be the same as when we we're 34 and i love that about south park mm-hmm. yeah dude absolutely and not to not to gripe because i do want to talk about the cl- the philosophy on the new record i really like it um is that w- just to go back a second but like south park i feel like the one thing that i miss in my life and i'm 39 you just said you're 34 correct so mm-hmm. we're a little bit, we're pretty much in the same age group, is that I really felt like comedians had this strong, passionate voice, like Trey and Matt still do today. And I feel like that we of a culture have weeded them out. Like we don't have a lot of strong, passionate voices in comedy anymore. We have a few, don't get me wrong. But I just felt that the, the gamut was kind of all over the place where we as an audience were like, you're going to say some things I don't agree with. But I'm going to listen, and then I'm going to laugh and see where you're coming from. We're now, we're not giving them that halfway approach. Do you ever feel that as a musician, that sometimes you have to think about pleasing everybody? We don't really... No, it would be wrong to say that we... It's wrong to say we're not trying to please anyone. Mm -hmm. But we divide it. You know, we, we build this very high wall between when we are writing... Uh, the music and record the music it's it's for an audience of five it's for ourselves Mm -hmm. and the best way to summarize the philosophy is that any album you do you don't know necessarily when you're making it but you might end up doing your chinese democracy and uh and uh, every other person in the world if they don't like it they can move on with life and listen to something else and we are the only ones who truly have to live with it so we just want to make sure that it's an album that's we feel right about that that meant something to us and that we enjoy listening to also you know in the future so we have that that is you know 
the intention of the process when doing that music. Once it's recorded, mixed, mastered, and it's going out for release, then the other part of the art form takes over, which is the performing arts and to be, you know, entertainers, show business and everything. And it's, you know, all based on this very personal piece of art, the music, but then you go out and want to do a kick-ass show or, and, you know, want to connect with it. But so, so there we have a very, you know, strict wall with that. We say whatever we want. And then honestly, I don't know, like being one of the biggest sensations of the late nineties and, you know, this and the beginning of this millennium and then still going strong today as a television show and being, Oscar nominated, Tone Award winning, millions of people are watching. Their platform is different, as is are those of those biggest comedians that push them envelopes mm-hmm. and all that. Uh, yeah, we are doing well as a metal band, and there's still room for growth, uh, clearly, and we seem to be heading that way. But still, like in, the platform is so small, and we also work in a genre where, you know. Next door, there are bands called Anal Cunt, who makes new songs called I Saw You Were Pregnant, So I Kicked You in the Stomach. Uh, you know, so there is right across a, the block, yeah, right away. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, you know, so there, so, uh, so it's, there's a big you push. You're right. There's yeah, a big if you want to push the envelope with being controversial in what you say for the sake of controversy in Mel, you need to work hard. Mm. So the way we treat, that's not necessarily where we put the challenge to be as explicit as possible, possible, you know, as we do that for each other on the tour bus and our locker room talk takes care of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, <laughs> but in terms of just the intention with what we're doing, um, yeah, I guess we try to more push ideas across and I, again, like I, we, we can, it became very, yeah, the short answer to your question, because I realize I just uh, almost just rambled now. But the short answer is no, I haven't faced those problems. But if we would, I don't think I would mind much because it became clear through the years that the only way I'm interested in, you know, having a career in music as opposed to a hobby is that, yeah, I want to write, record, and perform my own material. And I want to do specifically things I want to do. That makes the sacrifices make sense. That makes the time and effort it takes make sense to me. But to do it and feel like you are compromising too much, then it's not worth it anyway. So I'd rather, would I, should I come in a position to, you know, to end up on a hill that I would have to die on or, you know, burn some bridges? I, I, I think I would do so willingly when, if you really, you know, when push comes to shove. And I did like how you did stop there for a second. Cause yeah, you answered it both times, but I love it because I always remind listeners. I'm like, guys, when I'm asking these questions, you don't, you don't know what I'm going to say. And every conversation <laughs> answers, even for us as, 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 you know, human beings, we think about it. And then when we're saying it, we can redirect that's allowed. And that's, that's a great thing because in essence, what it does, I feel like you guys, a lot of times it's got to be precise or someone will take it apart, but it's like, I hope they understand that it's like, no, sometimes redirecting and kind of giving a clear point as, cause you're thinking as you're answering, correct? That's yeah. yeah and, I'm, and I'm totally, uh, yeah. Some people more than others. And I guess that's a problem in social context. Sometimes for me, I, it's not that I don't think before I talk, but I definitely use talking to, 
as a way of thinking. <laughs> you know, yes. Like, no, I'm the I same way. I think with my mom. Same way. Uh, yeah. So if you so it, I can I have sometimes I have to run around the block before I find find the door. You know. Exactly. No, I'm the same way. So if you take the if when I see myself transcribed in the first sentence, I'm like, no, no, go to go to the last three, please. <laughs> right? mm. Like ignore that first sentence. That was just me off the cuff. But uh, that's something that you know it's important for people to realize that when they're listening is that a lot of us. Mm. Uh, but podcasts help with that. Like that is I a great so. you know because you hear it that this. The rambling makes the thought process in the rambling, I think, becomes more evident when you hear it. As if you just read a transcribed piece like this, it's, it's almost, uh, you know, in articles, I think sometimes you do the quotes more justice if you editorialize, you know, do some tasteful editing in it mm-hmm. as a, if you write an article. You know, which is that that's the that's a huge art form where you are able to because reading something writ the art of the written word as opposed to the spoken word are very different. Absolutely. You put your emotions and where you're feeling into that written word when you read it. And then when you hear it spoken, you listen to that person's inflection and where they're coming from. Yeah. And it's a so. completely different meaning. So if I pick up a news article and like, what did this person say? And then I read what they said and I'm angry. That I'm thinking they're talking to me in an angry voice. <laughs> so, yeah, but exactly. um, it's so hard for people to put that together. Now, one thing I did want to talk about, I I, I kind of stepped over it a little bit ago, but the new album Hunter Gatherer, guys, one more time, it's coming out August seventh. Make sure you check it out. We did talk about the music videos. I'll get back to them, but make sure you're checking out. There's two of them out right now, guys, and they're both excellent. But I did want to talk about the concept surrounding the record. It, it surrounds it's it's about the human struggle for a collective meaning through communication like we're talking about right now, but technology mm. seems to be moving us a step back. And in, in, in if I got the concept right now, I could be completely wrong, but tell me your philosophy behind the songs in this album. Well, it doesn't necessarily, it, it's not that it takes us back. It's just, we are in a such, in a way, as the animals we are, homo sapiens, we are in a very strange situation. We are out of our natural habitats. Uh, you know, when we have put ourselves here because the album is called Hunter Gatherer because that is pretty much what we are. If you look just at ev- where evolution brought us, we, uh, uh, you know, we were wired to live the way we lived during the Stone Age. That is as far as biology took us and we became kind of optimized then. I guess that we were pretty much like, you know, like penguins and on, on, on Antarctica and, uh, and I would say most likely life was pretty, pretty damn good on an individual level. Uh, because, you know, again, being in our natural habitat. Then, of course, we have evolved to be this highly intelligent creature with this ability to do to have a very complex language, to be engineers, inventors, scientists, poets, uh, whatever, and uh, our our civilization has evolved starting with agriculture which and that was a great success for us as a species because we were able to feed more people there could be more of us so that's you know the only way to measure success as a species i guess uh but on an individual level life probably got worse you know being more stationary being more dependent on one source of food Living more people together, getting sicker, having more children, getting sicker, more malnourished, uh, less breast milk to go around, switch to wheat porridge, uh, 
win- uh, store food for the winter, that's something to steal. You need a guard. You need a weapon. Build that wall. And, and oh, you need to bend over and plow instead of, you know, climbing around the woods looking for berries and roots to eat or whatever, you know. Now you get arthritis in your knees. And uh, fast forward to Industrial Revolution, that it, all those things were taken to another level when we got monotonous factory work and pollution and uh, and being even more even more packed together and the machines are feeding more mouths than ever so great success for the species but for most of the people may not necessarily a better life uh, for some of us absolutely not for all of us and in, then this i guess post-industrial strange digital information age we live in now uh it's starting to turn around where overall for people on this planet life is getting better we're getting there there are there are less people in that absolute bottom tier of poverty than it used to be and people slowly climbing up that ladder you know but we are at the same time ruining the planet for us to live on uh, and uh, there's lots of tension in the air and a lot of things are going on right now uh, that's it's risking our future as well as we are, like I said, like very detached from our from our supposed supposed natural way of life. If if you can consider one way of life to be more natural than the other, we live in these digitized gilded cages, and basically live right now. Sometimes it feels like we live in that dystopian future that bands like Fear Factory warned us about, and. And, you know, we arrived. This is cyberpunk. And uh, we are, feels like we're at this fork in the road where we, you know, the choice is a future that looks like Mad Max or Terminator 2 or a future that looks like Star Trek. And uh, the album deals a lot of, you know, hunter-gatherer is another way of saying human. And uh, so what it means to be a human in this situation right now trying to figure that out and a lot of it is very personal so i guess what it means to be me right now and that's then the other aspect of the album that i realized in a lot of conversations we had while writing it that a lot of the themes on the album because it's not a concept album per se just ended up having this red thread going through it we just i realized that so many songs is about standing in one's own way you know personally like i stand in my own way a lot a whole lot, mm-hmm. constantly, and being the biggest hindrance to achieve whatever and do whatever I was meant to or felt I was meant to do or to be whoever I wanted to be. And collectively, we are in our own way as well. So those are big red threads going through it. That You said it there, and I mean, that's something when you said standing in your own way, whenever we, I think most humans, and again, everybody's an individual, everyone has their own story, but we can look back in hindsight and probably some of our worst times or worst decisions and be like, and can't blame someone else and eventually take a lot of responsibility on our actions and the way we decided to do things. And Mm. I I feel culturally, that's something that we, we have to eventually do. We have to look back and be like, well, the consumer wants this. So the person with the money pulling, pressing the button gave them this. That's what they asked for, right? Um, and I feel like we're asking for a lot of things to disconnect the human element um, and mm. kind of go more towards the, um, 
mechanical side of of life that we're adapting to um i don't know if then there's that whole manipulation theory i don't know i mean i'm sure it's there but in essence if we as if we as a culture rejected something wholeheartedly and we're like no we don't want to do it it's not going to get done i mean do you agree with that or yeah i I guess i do like there's definitely a lack of humanity Mm -hmm. in uh, in a lot of things going on However, at the same time, like we are trying to figure out right now what what this is that we're doing, because it's all so new. This mass communication is so new, and at the same time, I don't know. In most, in the most connected places of the world, those parts of the world that are most online, most connected, and you know, to the information superhighway, seems to be also places where. Uh, homophobia is on decline where racism is on decline where a lot of things happen that are also good mm-hmm. and we are less violent and you know not everything connected to this where we live in is bad it's just alien to us and we need to find a way to come to terms with it because don't get me wrong there's no turning back you can't climb a tree now and say you're a monkey and think it will be all dandy we can only move forward with this and uh, find the solution. The solutions are in front of us, not behind us. Absolutely. We had our first three seasons of South Park when this is all happening and we were all screaming things out there for, you know, attention and getting edgy. And then we saw the power and then we were using the intelligence. Uh, Not to bring it back to what we were talking about earlier, but it's the same journey that anything has to take for it to have power, meaning and intelligence. We got to be stupid first, right? I mean, yeah, and definitely, and there's a different level of articulation, I think, on this album. And I don't know to compare to if you look at something, some of a really, really early work that we did in what year did that come out? Okay, so I was twenty twenty one when we wrote and recorded the album Schlacht, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know that was it's also you know, it was very fast, technical, aggressive, and the kind of aggression it had. It if we are to if use the analogy of horror movies. And the killer, the the killer of the album Schlag would be someone who would attack you with your with a with a hammer and bash your face in, and it would be very, you know, gory, bloody, uh, ineffective. You know, um, it, it would take a while for you to stop breathing. You know that it's uh, it is very aggressive and violent, but hard to, but lack of precision. And I feel Hunter Gatherer is more Hannibal Lecter. Mm. You know, someone who knows his way around a scalpel and he knows exactly where to stab for most effects uh so yeah and i think there's a certain yeah there's a certain articulation that comes over time having done these concept albums in the past i guess also helped us learn how to see the big picture and have a conversation about the big picture while working on the album we ne- we have never known what the album cover would look like as early as we did with this one Oh, well, I love this album cover with your, well, thank you. it's your mouth with the, if you guys haven't seen it, it's very cool. Um, and, uh, I did want to touch base on the music videos before I let you go. Everybody one more time, Hunter Gatherer is coming out August 7th. Make sure you're pre-ordering it and checking it out. The two videos I want to talk about. The first one is silence in the age of apes. It's the first track on the record. Very, very creative idea with you on the cards of these characters. Um, kind of, 
and tell me, tell us a little bit. I want the fans to go out there on YouTube and make sure you guys are seeing this video before, um, and then coming back to this chat. But tell us a little bit about the concept behind that one before we jump into Colossus. Well, um, it uh, the song "Silence in Age of Apes" is one of those that I think articulate. Uh, a, you know, it's, it's a good choice of song to put across a lot of the ideas of that. Are, you know, that red thread I spoke about and mm-hmm. the name of the album and all that. Um, and but the album puts then the focus on the aspect of being in your own way. And uh, actually, we did a whole other music video for it that ended up being not good. Mm. Uh, the, we kept the performance part us playing. But the story element just it didn't end up looking or feeling the way we wanted it to. So I had to start from scratch. But starting from scratch was post-COVID outbreak. And I live in Helsinki. Uh, so And I couldn't get back to Sweden to work with them there. So we had to kind of work something out that would work on a distance. And sometimes having those limitations makes you more creative. Uh, so it's basically what you see is an interrogation situation between a plush toy monkey, uh, kind of working like a Benjamin Cricket or this, you know, neutral objective truth sayer who's kind of interrogating, uh, the other guys in the band and confronting them with something that they are hiding within them and denying with all their power, with all their means that, that they have, they want to deny that this thing lives inside of them and they don't want to be confronted or deal with it. And uh, it's, it's, um, it's an interrogation that escalates and becomes more and more desperate until it just ends up being impossible to hide from the truth or and to impos- it's, it's just not a good thing to push things down inside of you. And practically, that was a good idea because that meant I could go, I could exist in a music video in the form of Polaroids that my wife could shoot uh, of me uh, out in the woods next to where we live. Oh, that's uh, that's even cooler now that I know the background story. That's really cool because so, the concept really worked well on that one. One of my favorite videos you, you guys ever did. And then you followed the next one that came out not that long ago was Colossus, which was really, really interesting. You guys are a hologram in this video. Maybe because mm-hmm. of the same limitations, I'm not sure. Um, yes. I was cool. How how creative are you guys? That's awesome. I didn't even know that. But yeah, because you guys are holograms in this video. And uh, such a cool way to see you guys with a machine that's kind of running it. And then the human is virtually um, being tested and experimented on. Um, but there is mm-hmm. a, a barrier where I believe it says brain and human on the on the screen and cpu cpu computer yes yeah so tell us a little bit about that one and then i will uh, my probiotics finished so i'm gonna let you go after this question my friend but yeah let's let us let's right. hear about this one well this song takes is uh is uh, based on something i read actually a book that uh, influenced uh, huge chunks of this album it's called sapiens by yuval noah harari it's been out for, I guess, five, six years now. And it was just a couple of years, uh, one or two years ago where I got my hands on it and was quite, uh, you know, the brain grew from reading it. And just really a lot of, you know, just the title Hunter Gatherer, uh, the idea came from reading that book. And uh, uh, in there, he mentions kind of in passing uh, towards the end of the book that an experiment or a scientific project 
of recreating a functional human brain instead of a computer. So it creates a program, I guess, ultimately, uh, that will act and behave exactly like the human brain in how it processes. And, uh, and that made me think that if, if you have a human, if you create something that functions exactly like a human brain, as far as that brain is concerned, it must be human. Uh, it mu and what kind of life would that be? You know, being that electronic brain inside of a jar, basically. And uh, some that that awakened some kind of existential dread and made me think about Frankenstein and his and those experiments. And just as much as I am a science fan, science enthusiast, science groupie, I guess it would call me, um, impressed by smart. And uh, it's, uh, it's a scary thought and just always those ethical dilemmas along the way as we progress further and further down the road for the sake of this knowledge that we do need. And there's some scary things that happens. And this is another interpretation of that Frank, of a Frankenstein's monster thing and this marriage between a human and a machine and wanting to optimize the, you know, this, these faceless scientists or whoever runs this experiment just represented by this surveillance camera are, you know, running this experiment where they want to optimize the use of the human brain and the abstract thinking and the more logical capacities of a CPU and uh, the cruel, you know, not interested in the well-being of anyone, just interested in achieving that goal to create a better, a better machine, mm. which in this case, and you know, named Colossus, like the, was it Colossus of Rhodus, I guess, one of the seven wonders of the world. Mm -hmm. We all want to be addicted to discipline, but then we realize we have no impulse, so we don't want to be. It's one of those crazy mm. things as a person. You're like, no, I want to, I want my life to be boom, 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 everything positive, everything good, but then I take away the whole point of, I guess, being alive in that process, yeah. right? 100%. It's 100%. It's, it's a crazy thought, man. So, <laughs> dude, with that, everybody, we, it was a great chat with you, man. I'm so happy I finally got to talk to you. But um, everybody, I want to promote one more time, Avatar's new record, Hunter Gatherer. Make sure you guys take the time to check out the decade-long um, relationship they've had with their director. Go to their YouTube channel, Avatar, look it up. Look at all the music videos, all the stuff they've done. The visual aspect of this band is fantastic. I really love it, especially the two new music videos you guys recently put out, Sounds in the Age of Apes and Colossus, that we talked about on this show. Make sure you guys are checking that out. So with that, Johannes, I want to thank you so much, man, for calling in to the Metal Sucks podcast. Thank you. It's an absolute pleasure.
the Metal Sucks Podcast.
Metal Sucks Podcast. and we are back first song you guys heard is off the record hunter gatherer it's coming out august 7th that track is silence in the age of apes second song same record that track is colossus music videos are out for both those songs great music videos as we discussed in the interview make sure you guys check those out 
and make sure you're pre-ordering Hunter Gatherer. It's coming out August 7th, guys. Third song you heard is from a band called Onslaught. That song is called Religious Suicide, and their new album, Generation Antichrist, is coming out August 7th. So if you guys want some thrash, check that record out. It does all the check marks for me. And make sure, guys, you do support Johannes's podcast right now with his wife, Paki Orasi, and that is called Metal Break. As because they can't tour, they can't do that. It's great. Their personalities are a lot of fun. Make sure you guys are checking out Metal Break Podcast. With that, I want to thank everybody out there in the great world for giving us those five-star reviews on the good old Apple iTunes. That is all we ask for as a team. That's all we ask for as a podcast. That you take the time, if you enjoyed the show, to just click five stars on that little button. That's it. And I also want to thank everybody out there for checking out our other podcast, Rise to Offend, the documentary podcast. We have some stuff in the works right now. You guys should expect an episode pretty soon. That's for sure. And uh, with that, guys, and the five-star reviews on that. And with that, until next week, yeah. don't listen to Sebastian Bach. Team Jericho. Meth, meth gone wild. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.